Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, the Hacker Maker. In each episode, I have a guest that shares their unique story of how they got started in the industry. And hopefully these stories will inspire you on your journey or help you to get started in the industry. And so today I'm happy to welcome Emily Liu to the show. Uh, welcome to the show, Emily. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to join us. So how is your new year starting off? How's things going so far? Uh, it's been quite chaotic and I've just been thrown into jobs. Uh, I currently work as a security consultant, so it's just one gig after the other, just trying to keep up with the workload. Yeah, so did you have a real busy fourth quarter? Because I know a lot of people are trying to spend up their money fourth quarter, so was your fourth quarter pretty busy? Oh yeah, yeah, it was definitely busy. <laughs> So since the pandemic, are you having to go on site much? Or are you able to do most of your stuff remotely? Yeah, currently right now it's uh, remote. Uh, hopefully not on site anytime soon. That's one of the good things. I, the first five years of my career was spent consulting. And, you know, some people have that old school mentality that they think the consultant has to be on site and all this. And so it's good. Hopefully the hopefully the world realizes that we can do some stuff remotely because, you know, you've got people with that old school thinking that someone's got to be on site and it's so much nicer whenever you don't have to travel all the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. So I'm currently based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, so I went to university of Waterloo and I was enrolled in the co-op program. So it was basically me doing four months of studies and then four months of work. And I basically alternate until I graduated. So when I was in university, I basically, uh, got to work with multiple companies. So I started out doing it support and then I went on to information security specialist. And then I went on to sec DevOps engineer and, once I graduated from university, I took on a role that's uh, basically a combination of SecOps and SRE work. And I did that for a couple of years. And then once the pandemic came, I got laid off. And so I basically continued to study in cybersecurity uh, until I enrolled. Uh, well, basically what happened was I uh, attended a CTF with a team and we won that CTF. It was hosted by Trend Micro. Uh, it was based on instant response, and that got my first job into security consulting with a small consulting firm in Ontario. And once I grew that for a year, I went on to become a security consultant with NCC Group. So right now, uh, I currently specialize in cloud penetration testing, network and web application pen testing, uh, though I am trying to spread out to mobile pen testing, uh, red teaming, or uh, low-level hacking. Um, okay. 
Uh, yeah, so um, I also do a whole bunch of volunteering in the past. So I was part of the blue team member, blue team mentor team uh, with the Canadian Cyber Collegian C3X, which is basically uh, similar to the CCDC down in the States. Uh, I also participated as a participant and a judge for trade side competitions, and I'm currently a admin um, and moderator for the Cyber Ages uh, community. Uh, and in terms of certificates, I currently have OSCP. Well, very cool story. That's some, that's some great experience, and I'm a big fan of your employer. They put out some they put out some really good information and scripts and stuff too. So they're one of probably one of my favorite consulting companies that does pen testing. So seems like a really good place to work and get get experience. So what's your your favorite type of pen test to do? Uh, for me, I I would say. I guess being able to work with some big companies and be able to test out the beta, uh, I beta software that they have, uh, uh, mainly because they tend to be a lot more interesting. They tend to be a little bit more applicable to what everyone else is doing. So being able to do something that everyone else is going to be using is a uh, pretty pretty cool. Yeah, and I would imagine your background's been very helpful, the DevSecOps type stuff, because you know a lot of people don't have that experience, but it seems like, you know, the people that have the dev experience, there's certain things that, you know, that ways they exploit things that other people don't. So that's really cool to have that kind of experience. You know, for me and a lot of people I know started out like it's sysadmins and worked in network security, maybe application security and got into it, but uh, really see value in having that dev development background. And, and kind of since we're on the topic of that, do you think it's... Do you think it's a requirement? And if not, do you think it's helpful for people to have a uh, coding experience if they want to be a pen tester? So it would most definitely help if you have coding experience, uh, mainly because uh, in a lot of web application pen testing, they do give you the code. So it's more of a white box testing. And if you can understand the coding, uh, it can help you uh, understand how the web application works. Uh, but you don't really have to. I have a number of colleagues that I work with that don't really have a coding background, but they, they're still able to do the job. Um, but yeah, there are certain powers that you end up gaining if you have coding experience. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because there, you know a lot of the tools out there nowadays makes it easy for people to not get involved with learning how to code, you know, because even when I got started pen testing in, in 2012, we had Metasploit, You've got Burp Suite, and a lot of these things automate things that normally you'd have to write scripts for or write some kind of code. So it's definitely made it easier if you don't have that experience. But it just seems like for me, a lot of the people I've seen, I've, I've seen some people that are really good pen testers without that background, but the people are writing the tools, in my opinion, some of the best people know some kind of coding. So maybe people don't want to start out doing that, but definitely it seems like it helped along the way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So as far as OSCP certifications, how was that? Was that a pretty tough uh, to certification for you to get or how, how was your experience with that? Uh, so I got OSCP uh, thanks to an employer that I used to work with. And I basically got the business package. So I get to fly down to Maryland and take a one-week one, per, one week, uh, in-person training uh, there, which is really nice. 
the only caveat with that was that it only gave me 30 days of lap instead of like say 60 or 90 days so it was a bit stressful for me when i was studying for the exam because i was basically under a pressure uh credible pressure to like pass it within a short amount of time uh but i was actually quite impressed i managed to get uh under a, a year i actually took about eight months uh to take to do the training and then do the exam afterwards. Uh, yeah, it's just basically me. Uh, every night I would go and go and hack the box, go on the labs and just practice over and over again until I feel like that I could probably take the exam. Did, did you have any good resources that you found along the way that helped you out with your preparing for the OSCP exam? Uh, yeah. So there was that hack the box list. Um, I forgot the, the person's name, but he basically uh, had an entire list of all the uh, hack the box OSCP related boxes, and I basically used that to practice for the OSCP. Uh, Ipsex videos are also really useful. I found that he does a very good job of basically explaining the concepts so that you actually understand what you're hacking, and to that that way you can actually learn um, improve as a pen tester. Yeah, it was probably it was probably TJ Null's list of OSCP like boxes. I bet. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the name. Yeah, it's pretty cool too. When you already got the certification, so this may not be helpful to you, but the people listening, it could be helpful. As uh, Rana Khalil did some really good stuff on that too. I don't know if you saw any of her content, but she did some videos and she had a lot of posts on uh, training for the OSCP. She was using TJ Null's list, and she came up with some pretty good content. She was a was was on the show as well so so yeah it's a yeah it's pretty tough it took me it took me like a little over a year to to get through it and it took me more than one attempt to to pass the exam but definitely you know i know i learned a lot from it so it's a very because when i got into it i didn't know how to hack i'd ran vulnerability scanners you know like uh app scan and nessus and that so i didn't know anything about hacking so i took that to learn learn how to hack so are there any other good resources that, you know, that, that helped you learn pen testing? Um, not, not really, actually. Those are the ones that I basically uh, reference. I found that um, if, you, if you don't know the box really well and you're struggling to actually hack it, I find that it's better to go through a walkthrough and then learn the steps how to do it and then recreate yourself afterwards instead of just, you know, banging your head against the wall and trying to figure out uh, how to do the box. I find that it was a lot more efficient that way. So you're not just spending so much time doing nothing, essentially. Yeah, that that's that's a good good approach there too because you can do the research and stuff. And but if you can see a walkthrough, figure out how to do it, and as you prepare, that seems like it was a, a good time saver. Mm-hmm, yep. So as far as someone, since you've kind of been through this, what would you recommend for someone that wanted to be a pen tester? What would be your recommended path for someone to educate themselves? Um. So the experience that I did was somewhat traditional um, because I did the IT tech support path and then just move my way up. And I find that that was really useful for me, um, mainly because it, it just built on all the fundamentals and it, it, it was like baby steps almost towards the goal that you wanted. And I find that that's a lot better for people, especially if they're new into a scene, they never had any tech experience. 
um, mainly because that way um, it's a lot less taxing, I would say, a lot stressful to the brain. Instead of, say, you graduate from university with a, a computer science degree or a cybersecurity degree, and then you get dropped into a consultant gig, and it can be pretty stressful uh, depending on which company you end up going uh, because now you not only have to pen test, which is uh, already um, high level thinking already, you also have to learn on the spot as well. And it can be pretty taxing to the brain sometimes. Yeah. So how, how have you enjoyed the consulting side of things? Uh, it's been pretty good for me. Uh, I managed to join up with the Canadian branch and they have been being very supportive of me and helping me learn the ropes and stuff like that. Um, it, it can be a bit, uh, I would say highly pressured, highly stressful sometimes me because the deadlines are a lot more tight sometimes. Uh, but that's just something that I just need to work on. I would say. So as far as other skills, you know, you've, you, you're high, highly technical, you know, you, you had your college education and some of the jobs you had experience from. So are there any recommendations you have for people for as far as like soft skills or things like that, that would be helpful as a pen tester? Um, yeah, I would say that I wish they show some empathy, I would say uh, empathy for the developers that are creating the application, mainly because uh creating the application making it secure is very difficult to pull off. So uh, trying to remain professional um, when you're talking about the vulnerabilities in a way that's respectful to them. Um, and that way, uh, that way uh, they actually feel like they, uh, they're respected uh, for the work they've done. Um, sometimes, uh, the client can be a little bit pushy sometimes with uh, with the vulnerabilities that you put out. And I found that it was really helpful to uh, try not to take it, take whatever they say too personally. Because um, sometimes they do, uh, they sometimes do lash out a little bit. And I find that having, showing, understanding their side of the story uh, helps to, uh, I would say, uh, be, I would say that way you could be a bit more subtle, I would say, with your reactions. Yeah, those, I know those, those report review meetings can be kind of tough because, you know, you've got some people that don't believe the report. They've worked really hard to try to, to secure this application or the servers and the environment. And a lot of times they just don't believe it. Then you have the, the people that are trying to get the checkbox, they're trying to get the pen test, they don't want the findings and they try to talk you out of it. So that's some really good advice on being empathetic and trying to to understand them and being professional in that. Because, you know, any if you go in and you're just kind of rude about it, it's going to make life a lot more difficult. And one of the things I like to do when I'm doing a pen test, especially when it comes to the report, you know, time to re review the report or the kickoff of the pen test to let them know that, you know, we're on your side. We're trying to help you. We're not trying to make you look bad and just kind of, you know, just kind of sharing with them and things that you see that's kind of common that may not be, uh, you know, something that they don't feel as bad about it, you know, and that thing. So, yeah, I like your, like, I like your approach. So what about, are there any others, are there any skills that you recommend or things that people can do to help get a pen test job? Because I know one of the tough things about people, you know, you go, spend the time in school, you get the certifications and this doesn't always guarantee 
you know, people will get a job eventually, but sometimes it can take a long time. So what do you recommend for people that are trying to get into the industry? I would say that uh, before you go into cybersecurity, uh, get a tech job, uh, whatever it is. It could be tech support, sysadmin, developer. Definitely have that experience because once you understand the infrastructure, understand the code, it, it becomes way more easier to transfer that and hack on it, I would say. Um, I found that people who have that kind of experience uh, do really well as pen tester afterwards. Um, I, and just being able to just continuously test, like thinking about security is that you have to constantly learn. It's constantly changing. So being able to keep up with all the information that's being put out there is very important. Just having a, just a learning mentality when you uh, get into pen testing and also being persistent uh, because like you said before, getting a pen test job is, can be really difficult. And so just, uh, see what options that have that are available for you and just continuously push for it and eventually you might be able to get that pen testing job that you want yeah it's that's that's good 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 advice and, and it's interesting yeah because i know a lot of folks out there you know just reading linkedin seeing the frust frustration of people trying to get into the industry but it seems like a lot of times they overlook really doing things like networking because, you know, when you try, when you're applying for a job and you upload your resume through the, the company's job site, sometimes it's hard to get your resume selected and get an interview because you don't know what, how the algorithm works, what keywords and all this and make it difficult. But, you know, it seems like if you're networking with people, then it's easier to get your resume into the hiring manager. And I think that's where I see people missing out the most. Uh, I had someone on my podcast that the episode came out on Friday and this person was a pool cleaner. And so he went from a pool cleaner to a pen tester. He had some certifications and stuff, but the thing, one of the things that really helped him a lot was he was networking and he got a CVE. Uh, someone had, uh, Joe Helly had wrote a, a, uh, article over on, on medium about, you know, finding CVEs to, you know, how you know how he went about finding CVEs to help get that on your resume to help you get a to get a job. So, are there any uh, resources that you like to use for networking? Um, yeah, just using LinkedIn, sometimes using Twitter. Um, I found that just networking with your own coworkers was very helpful. Uh, if the coworkers there, you know, they they're cool people to hang around, just make friends with them. Uh, that's how I found my jobs uh, when it came to security consulting and the current job. Uh, I managed to uh, make friends with the right people and that got me a referral to the job that I have currently. So networking is it's definitely a, a very important skill, I find. Because uh, sometimes, uh, like you said before, um, it could be a hit and miss when you apply for those jobs. Sometimes the algorithm uh, it doesn't go doesn't swing in your favor. Maybe the hiring manager was having a bad day. Uh, any of those factors could happen. You just might not get the job. And I find that if you go through the referral style, you have a much bigger chance of getting the job that way. So, so I've seen some creative ways of doing this, but do you have any recommendations for people to weigh ways they could document their pen testing experience? So like if they're doing hack the box or try hack me and those things, uh, do you have any tips on ways that you could 
add that to your LinkedIn or resume to help show that you're learning in that area? Do you have any tips for that? Uh, so I would say it, it, the usual stuff, it basically creating the walkthroughs, creating the, the videos on YouTube. Uh, also networking with the current cybersecurity communities in your local area, I find was very useful. Um, just getting your word out there. And yeah, that's about it. I, I also found that uh, if you are able to, um, if you could write some stories about, say, your time doing uh, a pen testing gig and what the vulnerabilities you find that shows a pretty, that does a really good job of telling employers that, hey, you have some experience doing pen testing. Yeah, it's pretty interesting what some of the things that help people. And, you know, we're talking about networking and, and that sort of thing. I've seen people uh, like at our local DEF CON group in Dallas, uh, there was a recent college grad and they did a talk on malware. I think it was malware analysis and the hiring manager for a large global bank was there and he was over the IR team and he saw the malware analysis. So he asked for the resume and they ended up getting the job. So there's, you know, a lot of different creative ways of doing that. You know, people sometimes, you know, are kind of timid to get out there and speak in public. But, you know, if you get out there and go to different meetups and just communicating people, even if you're kind of, you know, scared to speak in public, there's a lot of ways to help get you recognized and, and network with folks. And, you know, back on the network topic, you know, when people are going through school, they're taking classes. You mentioned, you know, networking with your coworkers, but, you know, you're going through school. That's a prime opportunity to start networking with people because the nice thing about networking is, if you know of a job, it may not be a company you work for, but you can share it with your friends. And so the more people that you're connected to, the the uh, higher the probability that you're going to be able to find some jobs through your network. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's one of the things that I kind of wish I did more um, in school, which is to network with people, network with the coworkers that I did, uh, uh, did manage to work with uh, when I was doing uh, the co-op program. It's kind of, it's one of the, the, the things that's kind of sad about some of the schools and universities. I used to teach at a, a community college and I always emphasize to my students because being in the industry and knowing how networking helped me, I shared that information. And sometimes when it's the university or some colleges, if someone's experience is purely academic, they sometimes overlook the things like networking and some of the things that are, that are helpful out there. So definitely that's, you know, if people could find that out sooner. So if anyone's listening on here, networking is the key. Cause I see back to seeing people having a hard time finding jobs on LinkedIn. It's just like, you know, you mentioned earlier being persistent, but then also networking because, you know, I've heard some people that have submitted 500 resumes and they find they might've got one or two offers out of that, or, you know, someone that had a pretty decent uh, kind of percentage of uh, applications, you know, they submitted like 100, they submitted 100 resumes and they had got like a job. So it took them that much. So it's just like, you just, you know, that you don't know after how many tries it's going to take for you to finally find, you know, the right company. Yeah. Yeah. I would say there's also a bit of luck to it as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That definitely is. That's like getting those resumes out there. You know, it's like, if you look at it, it's a lot like sales, you know, the salesperson, you know, there's some people that are really good salespeople. They can go out there. They don't have to see a bunch of customers, 
but then most people are going to have to talk to a bunch of customers before they can sell anything. So the, mm-hmm. the more attempts you take, the, the better you are, you know, better your likelihood of, of finding something. Yep. So is there any other experience or uh, advice that you would like to share with people that are trying to get started that maybe we didn't cover? Um, so when I used to be an SRE, I learned a lot of lessons while I was doing there. Um, so this is more blue teaming and less pen testing, but I found that um, what you learn theoretically versus what you end up putting into practice can be very, very different. Um, in terms of applying security for a company, it may not be as cut and dry. Uh as you would do it if it was just in an idea scenario in the textbook, uh, mainly because there's just so many limitations. Some of it can be completely out of your control and you end up adding, you end up uh, making a lot of compromises in order to uh, a make sure the business continue continues running, but also satisfy the security uh, requirement. I found that with Blue Team especially, it was more, but more focus on just talking to people. So there's there's a bigger emphasis when it comes to collaboration and just trying to get people with different backgrounds, different personality and get them all to work together. And that was something that uh, I kind of struggled with in the beginning. Um, and I only end up learning um, once I've actually gone through all the experience. Um, and it also made me appreciate a lot of the work that blue teamers end up doing. Um, and it was one of the things that I make sure I tell uh, the more junior uh, consultants is that you, you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, uh, talk back to the blue teamers because sometimes the work they do can be really, really difficult and they often have their hands tied to a whole bunch of things that may or may not be in their control. And I found that um, when you understand that, um, you understand the blue teaming side, it it just greatly helps you when it comes to red teaming, offensive security, that kind of stuff. Yeah. One of the things we think about there too is the remediation. So the better you understand that side, the better you can help them out. And, 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 you know, just like you'd mentioned earlier, the different roles you've had, you know, a lot of times people want to jump into pen testing and you can do that. I've known a lot of people like the, you know, the gentleman that was a pool cleaner that went for his first job was pen testing and some other people that there was their first job pen testing, but sometimes you may have to go into other roles and that doesn't mean you can't get into it eventually, but those experiences are helpful. I mean, for me, you know, when I got started out in my professional career, I was a sysadmin, but that helped me get a job as a network security engineer. And then I moved into application security, but that's the thing people have to realize is these jobs prepare you. And so I'm sure the different roles you've worked in has helped you deal with different technical people better than if you came in without that experience. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Cause one of the things that a lot of the junior consultants, um, they, they don't have, some of them don't have the tech experience. Um, like they maybe they just come straight out of college and you see them kind of struggle a little bit because uh, they're learning the infrastructure, learning all the stuff while also trying to pen test at the same time. And sometimes our pen tests can be pretty fast paced. They could be five days, five business days long, or maybe 10 business days long. And 
they can be pretty short so uh, when when you understand that stuff already um, it's a lot easier on you um, and you're able to pick up stuff more quickly you're just going to be able to rise up faster than the peers that uh, never had that kind of experience before so uh, thanks for for joining and taking time out of your weekend to to share your your knowledge i'm sure it's going to help someone out there the interesting thing about these episodes is it's just funny how some episodes people just get that guest more their their information the knowledge they share just kind of clicks with them better so uh i'm sure you're going to help a lot of people and and i wouldn't be surprised if you have people reaching out to you afterwards so thanks again for for joining yeah no problem thanks everyone for joining and we'll see you on the next episode of the hacker factory podcast BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at BugCrowd.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.